Welcome! You're listening to Uncommon Sense, and I'm Doug Morgan. And before we finish up our series here today on should Christians take the COVID vaccine, I wanted to just let you know that our website is improving. (laughs) We uh, now have a merchandise purchasing area. So if you go to the shop at UncommonSensePodcast.com, that's UncommonSensePodcast.com, uh, you will see not only the archived uh, podcasts and a blog by my wife and things like this, you will now see a shop where you can get Uncommon Sense podcast um, type of th- t-shirts and mugs and that type of thing. We're going to continue to uh, offer things. Uh, it's, it's a great way to support the podcast. We try not to have advertising and that type of thing right in the middle of the podcast because I think it's a bit disruptive. Uh, I mean, we may in the future have to go that direction, but... Uh, uh, but if you'd like to support the podcast, that's a great way to do it. We just get a few dollars uh, from each t-shirt and whatnot. And it's a great way to kind of show, uh, you know, what your favorite podcast is <laughs> to, to others around you. So anyway, uh, like I say, do, do go there, check it out, and let us know what you think. Now we're going to finish up today and uh, on, on the um, uh, podcast series that we have here, Should Christians Take the Corona Vaccine? And it comes from... Uh, a a website that a lot of people are uh, investigating now uh, by uh, Curtis Chang and and he if you have, haven't heard we go into a much greater depth uh, into who Curtis Chang is uh, in our first part one of this series and uh, he he is uh, saying in these video there's there's eight different videos on the website and in these videos he says he's a former pastor and he's now a seminary professor where he's a pastor of pastors or he teaches pastors uh he's a lot more than that uh he he uh uh if you really do some digging he he definitely comes from a social change perspective and particularly government social change uh or government mandated type of social change and so um, I, I, I think it's important to understand that when we, you know, when we go into what he's saying about whether or not we should take the, the vaccine uh, as, as, a, as a Christian or what the Bible is, is saying. And so um, let, let's, let's just finish that up. We, we got to the part where his video that, that's entitled, Is COVID Vaccine the Mark of the Beast? Um, some Christians uh, have said that it, that that they're not going to take the vaccine because it's the mark of the beast, and he he goes into you know obviously Revelation thirteen uh, verses sixteen through eighteen where it talks about what exactly the mark of the beast is in the end times. If you uh, have have not been caught up uh, in in the in the rapture, that there is going to be some really nasty things that go on for a seven year period of time, and and that's when the Antichrist is on the earth. And uh, and one of the things that there is going to be required of people is this mark of the beast, where it's going to be on the forehead uh, or the back of your hand, and you're not going to be able to buy or sell anything without it. And and which, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I I'm not saying this is the mark of the beast at all, but what uh, but what it is, it is interesting that the government is using during this COVID time, they're using businesses to kind of you know, be the enforcement wing of the government mandates. But uh, I digress. <laughs> we, uh, we, we look at what uh, he's talking about here, and he gives us three comparisons. And comparison one, it, because in this video, he's saying that, that if we read Revelation, 
that we can't read it as uh, as a book that's 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 literal. We can't we can't literally read Revelation and say, well, this is this is what it is. We should take it more metaphorical. And he gives three comparisons to try to convince us of this. Comparison one: reading an X-ray version uh, of the Bible versus reading a crystal ball version of the Bible. He says that because the mark of the beast uh, has been wrongly predicted. Uh, by some men in the past that it it, it can't be true and he, he kind of he talks about how when he was a kid and he grew up in the church and and he was he was super scared that you know Jesus was going to come back and he wasn't going to have a girlfriend and and all this kind of stuff and and that that because he was so scared that it, that it possibly couldn't be from God to be reading the Bible this way that what he claims is he we should read it as an x-ray type of uh, uh, version that when it's actually revelation is talking about historical things that it was written for the very first century churches uh, the first seven churches of western asia and that's how we should be looking at it it's not predicting what's happening in, or going to happen in the future it's actually pre- uh, going back historically and looking at what happened in the past he gives us comparison to reading a compass versus reading a map and here Chang gets uh, gets out there i think into the numerology because uh, he said in and he, he talks about this he says quote there was a common code in first century hebrew literature that identifies uh, letters and uh, and identified them to numbers and in that code 666 translate precisely into the word nero the specific roman emperor of that day now uh, he, he's doing the same thing here that he that he didn't like about the false prophets naming exactly what the mark of the beast was and whether you know uh, they, they were right or wrong um you know he here he, he said he says here's my reading of the passage as a compass i believe it is telling christians in general throughout all ages to navigate their political world by avoiding any complete and total identification with any political leader or party whether on the right or the left don't bow down to any one leader and as christians don't let yourself be politically branded such as being a christian automatically equals being a member of a particular political party whether on the right or on the left now i hear i do i hear a lot of people especially from leftist progressive christians uh, that that talk about this type of thing it is a way i think to call themselves a christian but support political uh, party that that really is anti-biblical or anti-christian um, there's no biblical basis for reading or interpreting this passage in this way um, and just, you know I, I think it's just really hopeful thinking in my opinion now comparison number three reading with hope versus reading with fear the uh, end times reading approach made me afraid of many things for many years the tragedy was that causing fear is the exact opposite intention of revelation so why should revelation cause fear is my question you know is it a hope-filled book if it, it i believe so i i think that that uh, if you see it as as the lord uh coming to finally put an end to uh to th- this world as far as the enemy of this world um and 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 it, i i just i see lots of hope in revelation and it's not a scary thing to me just because you miss the point of revelation doesn't mean that that you're that it's not filled with hope right 
and, and then he quotes Revelation 21, 2 through 4. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. You know, notice here that the end is, uh, is God coming down from heaven to earth, to be with humans and restore humanity. The end is not some devastating series of events. The end is, is not the destruction of the world. The end is, is the return of God in, in the person of Jesus back to this world to dwell with us, to wipe away every tear, to end death and, and suffering. Except he leaves out the version that begins this chapter, verse 1, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So, this is not talking about the earth we live in now. That's not what it's talking about. I mean, you you can't you can't go and and, and have this verse and not include verse one with this. Now he ends the video with Second Timothy one seven. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self control. Ironically. Fear is what he's using to promote the the vaccine here. So how can you get on on Christians for for fear mongering when that's exactly what you're doing here by saying if we don't take the vaccine, and and again, I, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to part one and part two of this. If you don't take the vaccine, then you are the re, are resulting in people's deaths. And so we have to take the ba- vaccine. Uh, biblically. And so, you know, ironically, he's the one using fear here. He says, the uh, quote, the vaccine, of course, is just a pointer. It itself won't end all suffering and death for good. Only God return, uh, God's return to earth can do that. But pointers give us hope. They give us some uh, uh, identification of what is to come. The vaccine has the potential to do just that, to give us hope, to give us an indication that there is an end to suffering and death, is what he says. So if, if the vaccine is your hope of ending suffering and death, you've placed your hope in something other than Jesus Christ, is what I'm saying. So the vaccine is not our hope. Jesus Christ is our hope. Um, and let me be very clear. I do not think the vaccine is the mark of the beast. But I do think by saying Revelation is not talking about the coming back of our Lord and Savior, it that is very, very dangerous. All right. He gets into uh, another video that says, uh, should pro-lifers be pro-vaccine? Uh, Chang opens up uh, this video with a discussion of what a cell line is. And a cell line is a group of cells that are continually reproduced over and over and over again, usually for uh, for research purposes. The cell line used in the COVID vaccine and a lot of other medicines are uh, taken from uh, the HEK293. You don't have to write that down. We're not going to test over that. 
uh, HEK293 cell line. The original cells for this line were obtained in the Netherlands in 1973 by a Dr. Frank Graham. Dr. Graham has reported that he cannot be sure whether the, the fetal remains came from, an, uh, from about uh, a miscarriage or an elective abortion. He doesn't know. Uh, and, and, he, and he's right here when, when he says that even assuming the worst, the cells used in the vaccine um, you know, were, were from an abortion. Um, you know, we, it, th- these, these cells that were used for the vaccine were not from an abortion. They're from a cell line, the HEK293 cell line. And, and, and so the, the cells themselves were just continually reproduced over and over and over and over and over again. And so that, uh, that, that doesn't mean that the vaccine was produced you know, from aborted babies. That's, that's not what, it, what, what is being done here. Uh, he continues to talk about redemption and how God takes a, a, a bad thing and turns it into good. And, and, and I have no problem with that. You know, with, with, with this, and I don't have even a problem with his viewpoint here, but when, when making the jump to this vaccine being from God, now that's quite a stretch. And I, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that as well. Um, and he, and then we get into uh, the uh, video entitled, should Christians trust the vaccine when the system is flawed? So you see what he's doing here with, with these different videos. He's trying to, uh, take different points that he's heard from, from Christians, and he's trying to obviously dispel them so that you'll want to take the vaccine. Um, Chang starts off this video with a false premise, in my estimation. Uh, he says, let's start with uh, what it means when we say a system is broken. Really, what we are saying is that the institution that made make up a system is flawed. The biblical language for this flawed condition is sin. All right, that's incorrect. All right. The biblical definition of sin is separation from God. And when we do something that separates us from God, that is what sin is. He he goes on. He says, we should also expect that the world will offer three standard responses to uh, institutional sin. None of them will be fully satisfying. And this is where, as Christians, if we can think biblically about the issue, we have an opportunity to offer to the world a Jesus-shaped response. I believe the world offers a, three standard responses to, to institutional sin, which can be summarized as isolate, ignore, and, and insist. Now, isolate, he says here, the isolate response is to focus on removing any contact with institutional sin. No association is allowed with the COVID vaccine, the, ins- the isolation response can take a number of forms. If the institution involved end, end up making the vaccine process confusing or frustrating or feel unfair, some people may just decide, I don't want to have anything to do with that mess. In particular, black Americans and pro-life Christians may isolate themselves from, vaccine program, from, from the vaccine program out of fear that such government programs are tainted with a uh, past connection to racism or abortion. So, so l- let me get this straight. <laughs> what he's saying here is we are not to isolate ourselves from things that we see as bad. So we are to embrace things that offend us, like Dr. Seuss books. So we are not 
uh, we, we are to not demand that we defund the police? I mean, come on. Uh, th- this is a little ridiculous in my mind. And in the next paragraph, he seems to agree with me. On the political left, a prime example of the uh, isolate response is the cancel culture. This is what he says. That is especially powerful in high education. In cancel culture, there is a tendency to expel anyone that has even a taint of racism or sexism. Any um, suspected individual or institution faces the threat of being immediately cut off from acceptability. On the political right, historically, the, uh, the isolate response gets focused on abortion. In this vein, it is never acceptable to vote for anyone that is pro-choice. There must be no political association whatsoever. And I disagree. I, I, I think we should vote for pro-abortion candidates, though, right? I mean, what, why would you vote for someone who is in favor of killing aborted children, right? I mean, come on. Th- this, this is ridiculous. We, how, how can you vote? For a candidate who says, "I I, I think killing uh, killing children is is fine," I mean that that you you wouldn't do that if they were uh, born and in the world. Uh, you you wouldn't uh, say, "Well, it, it's okay to vote for you know a candidate who thinks that that, that killing that child is okay," uh, and 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 to to say that that uh, just because of a location that that the, the baby is inside the mother or inside the womb. Uh, you can kill it, I think is ridiculous to say that you would vote for somebody like that. Uh, you know, his, his point of if, if you can't isolate yourself entirely from, from everything, you shouldn't do it at all, is just a hollow argument here. All right, he goes into ignore. With the situation, uh, distribution of the COVID vaccine, the ignore response should be to just care about getting vaccinated yourself. But ignore if institutional dynamics mean certain racial groups are missing out or whether the wealthy are getting unfair um, you know preferable access well I mean come on first of all I don't know where this guy is getting this information from but racial minority groups are the preferred recipients of the vaccine I mean there are clinics that are only serving minorities you know spouses of essential workers uh, that that get it uh, because they're they're racial minorities, uh, the most vulnerable, the elderly, not getting it first because you know they're too white. I mean, we we, we have podcasts on all of this, so um, it, it's just ridiculous. I don't know where he's getting his information from here. Uh, for for a Christian, ignoring sin is just not an option. To ignore sin is to say it doesn't matter, which means we are saying to the people affected, "You don't matter," is what he says. This response is about as far away from Jesus as you can get, and it is divinely our country, dividing our country and our church. And on this, we agree. On this, we definitely agree. And lastly, he says, insist. By insist, I am referring to the response that insists someone must fix this. But the key here is that the insistence is that someone is someone else. My point here is that when people make loud proclamations about something wrong with a system, they rarely place the responsibility on themselves, the problem or the solution, is what he says. All right, so how are we not to protest? I mean, 
you know, quote, finger pointing and finger wagging can feel emotionally satisfying, he says. But the biblical understanding of original sin is that, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) the sin ensnares everyone, (coughs) even the people pointing and wagging. And when that reality becomes exposed, we recoil at the hypocrisy. This is why there was such moral outrage in the pandemic when government leaders insisted on isolation and not seeing families during the holidays. And then, when we discovered a number of them had done just that, these leaders were um, locating themselves outside of the problem and the solution, and they were wagging their fingers and insisting everyone else must fix it. Yes, 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 he's right. When, when our leaders like Nancy Pelosi, Governor Cuomo, Governor Newsom show themselves to be hypocrites and not take the virus seriously, we have a problem trusting them. And when they say, you know, that we should take the vaccine because it's safe, we have a problem trusting that. That is, that we agree. And he finished this video with a call to accept and take the vaccine and not question or react to any problems or issues. And this is a, um, it said, quote, this is a moment of great opportunity for Christians to reflect Jesus, the one who chose not to isolate, ignore, or insist with his own sin. Let's follow Jesus, the incarnation of God. Um, yeah, uh, you know, let, let's just let's just move on to the last, last video. Uh, can black Americans trust the COVID vaccine? That's his last one. And in this video, Chang teams up with another self-proclaimed church leader and, and community activist and, and uh, talks about institutional racism and why blacks should not shy away from getting the vaccine, even with government stra- uh, tragedies like the Tuskegee uh, syphilis study in our, in our history. And th- this, is, this is a bit off topic for this podcast, so I'll, I'll go ahead and end it here. But let me just say this. Uh, you know, some of us will, will ask why I spent uh, so much time on this subject, and, and, and particularly on this website. Uh, I've, I, I've been asked what I think about the vaccine uh, from a number of people. And uh, my family and I, just, just so you know, uh, have not gotten the vaccine. Uh, and there's many reasons. Um, you know, and the main reason is that that we are not a big fan of being guinea pigs. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just practical. Um, these the these first vaccines are not normal vaccines. Uh, they they are vaccines that are that are different than, than your normal vaccine, and 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 they react in different ways, and they have not been studied fully. So uh, we we feel like like uh, guinea pigs if we were to take it and then you know well we're, we're, we're going to take it and then we're going to see how things you know, work out um you know we're not we're definitely not i want to be clear we're not anti-vaccine people uh we're not anti-medical people um you know we may get it in the future i don't know um but uh right now we, we're not going to and we have family members that have and that's fine uh, if, if you're in a risk level, I think that, that, that may be, um, you know, high risk level. I, I think that may be something that you have to consider. Um, but, uh, but to say that, um, and, and, and this, and this is what, uh, does concern me is when people use the Bible to prove their point. Uh, when people like Curtis Chang here try to say that, 
if we were biblical Christians, then we would get the vaccine. That, that, that's just wrong. Uh, the Bible says nothing about getting the vaccine, and it should be a personal medical decision and a discussion with your doctor or whatever, um, you know, whether in determination whether or not you're in the high risk factor. And, and particularly with this virus, uh, it, it, it goes after one particular um, you know, set of, of, of people. And so if you're not in that high risk factor, um, then, you know, the vaccine may be worse than, <laughs> than the, than you actually even getting COVID. But I mean, again, uh, when we look at it from a, a biblical perspective, I think that <clears throat> to say that the Bible says that we need to get the vaccine. And if we don't, we're being very selfish and unbiblical that I, I think that's totally off the wall. And I think, I think to, to say that uh, as, as Chang is doing here, and he, here, here he's a, a professor uh, of, of, of pastors, as he calls himself. Um, I, I, I think he's very off base. And so, uh, you know, if, if you want to get the virus, that is up to you. Uh, we have chosen ourselves. We're not going to at this point. And, uh, and, and, and for a, a number of different reasons, but not because uh, the Bible says that we should, or the Bible says that we shouldn't. And that is, uh, again, a personal decision, not a biblical one. I, I encourage you to, um, you know, respond to, to the podcast series. It's been a fun one. Uh, if, if you uh, agree on, on, on the, the, the points here or you disagree, I'd love to hear from that. You can always go on, su- uh, support us uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever. Uh, hit the like button. That always helps us out. And, of course, you can go on to our website and you can even correspond with us there. Uh, and, and email uh, me um, and and of course that website being uncommonsensepodcast.com thank you very much for listening <laughs>